0: On prepping 2.0. It's almost like God is smarter than the produce department at Walmart.
1: When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping 2 Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1.
2: Welcome everyone, this is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate.
0: Well, you know, you can't store enough food for you, your family, and your crew for the duration of a possible disruption. You need to know the basics of gardening, and to garden you need seeds, especially seeds that are packaged to last a while. Survival Garden Seeds has got you covered. Today we hear from Jason and Daryl of Survival Garden Seeds on how they can help preppers like you, and always remember... The only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't.
2: So it happened to me just this last week, I go into a grocery store and I'm trying to find an ingredient that I've always been able to get a million times before and it's not there. Hmm and I will probably have to wait a few months and then suddenly it will be there. And I really hate it when that happens and it really concerns me when I think about keeping things in my pantry for long-term storage. So, company out there that we love and support and they support us is New Mana Foods. They specialize in bulk, freeze-dried pantry, shelf-stable things to put into your deep preps to keep for possible disruptions, which is a lot of what we're gonna talk about today.
0: Now it's time for the top 100 items that disappear first. This is a list from Bosnian survivors. It's on our website, prepping2-0.com, under appropriately named the tab Top 100 List of Things. This is a great weekly reminder of things that you may not have thought of as being important, but we know that they are because folks in Bosnia noticed that they went the fastest. There's a good indicator of what's important. Number 16 is propane cylinders, because we all know you need propane and propane accessories. That was Hank Hill. For those of you who didn't watch TV in the nineties, now it's time for reason of the week to be a Patreon. And that is as usual, You get to hear, as a Patreon, the lightning round in the after show. Here's what you missed in the after show.
2: What is the most expensive spice in the world obtained from the stigmas of a flower?
0: Saffron. It is per ounce more expensive than gold. Well, let's get into it. I'd like to set the stage for you. I'm not much of a gardener. We all know that. Regular listeners know that. But that doesn't mean that I turn my nose up at gardening or I think it's unimportant. What I did, my plan for gardening was to marry Shelby and it worked out very well. So I'm not much of a gardener, but I realize gardening is an important skill and an important capacity for you and your team to have. Our grandparents did it and they weathered some pretty bad times. So there must be something to it. Today, our guests are Jason and Daryl of Survival Garden Seeds.
2: So welcome Jason and Daryl, how are you today?
3: Great, thanks for having us on. Yeah, we really appreciate it.
2: Well, great. The question I want to start off with, I think it's an interesting story. I've read it on your website. Tell us how Survival Garden Seeds began a few years ago.
3: So we started this company in April 6th, 2020. And The background behind it is both Daryl and I grew up in a large family. There were nine of us living at home, and our father was a school teacher. And so out of necessity, we had a garden. And, you know, every summer we had an acre and a quarter, and we had lots of, vegetables and fruit trees and raspberries and we garden all summer long with our siblings and our parents and then we put that up and that's just how we live we grew up that way and uh, it's in our blood daryl stayed with the gardening for i've kind of hobbied along with it and then 2020 when the pandemic hit we were talking and i said let's try this let's get it out and daryl was already in the seed industry quite a few years and so we put together a small offering and it just took off. So that's how we started.
2: And it's gotten a pretty big in just the last few years. Tell us about that.
3: Well, we started initially with 30 different varieties that we offered in a package called our home garden collection. And since 2020, we've grown that to 253 different varieties. And now we've got a hundred more varieties that we're bringing on this fall. And it's, it's been well-received and we're anxious to continue to bring quality heirloom seeds to the market.
2: I love it. I love it. So I'm excited because we're going to get into some fun things today. So we all know we can all walk into a garden center. We can all walk into a hardware store. This time of year, you can walk to a drugstore and you can find, you know, little towers of seeds. But what is unique about survival garden seeds for those who are growing their own food supply? Why should they really, really consider yours? I know why, but I'd love to hear what you think.
4: I'll I'll answer that question. The first thing is they're all heirloom open pollinated seeds. And that's important in a survival situation because you want to be able to save seeds and continue a perpetual harvest, essentially. And so that's one thing. Now, that's not unique. There are a lot of seed companies that sell heirloom open-pollinated seeds. But the other thing is the way that we package them. In our big packs, in our home garden collection or our homesteader collection, we also have one we call the farmer's collection, the 100 packets of seeds. It comes in a bucket that is sealable and keeps the oxygen out and moisture and and really helps preserve the seeds over the long term if needed. So those are some of the things that make us unique. The other is the variety selection. Uh, We've got a lot of years of gardening experience and so we're selecting varieties that are easy to grow and produce well and are just some of our favorites, things that we love to grow.
2: Oh, I love it. So I'm going to stop you there for just a second because I want to continue this in a moment. But I also like to give a wonderful shout out to our sponsors of our show. You can find all of our sponsors at our website, Prepping2-0.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page. And of course, you will find over there Survival Garden Seeds. They Mm -hmm. are a new friend and affiliate of ours, and you can click on them. You can get a little discount on the seed packs that we're talking about right now. Pro One Water Filters. You can work on getting your water filtration up and going. KD Armor stands for Come and Take It Armor Armor for... for those regular guys like everybody else out there except for law enforcement. So there's Backwoods Home Magazine, Minutemen Coffee, which is why I feel so good right now, EMP Shield, Paul Burke, Realtor. He's a realtor in Idaho, specializes in finding properties for preppers and first responders. You can also find him at firstresponsereality.com, powered by Fathom Realty. So let's get back here. And that is one thing I've absolutely noticed about Survival Seeds packets. And I really appreciate them because they tell you this is what's so unique. First of all, they tell you on the package how to harvest the seeds so that you can do what we're talking about here. Keep your crop perpetuated and not just have to go back to the store and buy another pack of seeds. So appreciate that. And also the cost. Heirloom seeds. Let's talk about that if we can just a little bit. Heirloom seeds are not inexpensive out there. Go what ahead. are
0: heirloom seeds for the uninitiated?
2: Well, those who, see- who
0: aren't married to Shelby Gallagher?
2: Well, and, and I'll say <laughs> so, but I'll let Daryl and Jason jump in here. It's those seeds that have not been so hybridized that they... Most of the time with a hybrid seed, when you take the seeds off of them and try to perpetuate it and grow it again, you're going to get a weird something that isn't what the original parent plant is like. And so you can't perpetuate them. Heirloom seeds are not hybridized like that so that you can keep them going from crop to crop. So but Jason, that's that's my understanding. Jason and Daryl are the seed guys. Yeah.
0: And I'm yeah. not marrying you guys, by the way, just to learn the answer to this question. I'm already taken. <laughs>
4: Well, you're right. These are seeds that will come true to themselves, and we call that open pollinator. That's what open pollinated means, is that the plants, the flowers will pollinate and the seeds that come from that, you'll get the same plant again the next generation when planted. Now, heirloom is slightly different. It means an open up pollinated plant that's been around for generations. And different folks have different ideas about how many generations or how many years it should be around. Some say 50, some say 100. But I think what it boils down to is these are varieties that have been tried and tested, grown by generations of gardeners who have loved them. And that's why they continue to move forward and and people still plant them today. So that's what heirloom is. It just means that they have a history. And so our seeds, we look for seeds that that our grandparents planted and harvested and kept the seeds.
2: I was at a garden center just in the last few days. Pack of heirloom seeds from a store, you're looking at four or $5 for a pack of a few seeds. That's one thing that has impressed me about survival garden seeds is that, especially buying your packs and your big packs, you can get that down to about a dollar a pack, which I think is awesome. So just want to give you an awesome shout out for that. So um, what are some other reasons why our listeners should consider buying your seeds before doing what I just did and go to a store and going, oh.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Well, one is in especially in our large packs, the, the home garden collection and the homesteader and the farmer's collection. You know, we've thought about what you would need in those sort of situations. And it really comes down to like how much space you would have to grow in. And so there's a good mix. You, you get greens, you get some tomatoes and some peppers and cucumbers and other things to give you a nice mix of things that you would grow, including some herbs, some culinary herbs, and also a few flowers. Because without pollinators and without some beauty out in the garden, you know, it really doesn't feel like a garden to me. Uh, so those are an important aspect of the garden. And let me just touch on the pollinators. That that's, is really critical. As I think most of your listeners will know there's been a real decline in both honeybees and also in the monarch butterfly. And so that's a, including flowers in your garden. One, it adds the beauty, but it helps them. And you need them to pollinate many of the varieties. And so when you're planning the garden, I think it's important to think holistically about what you're up to.
0: One of the things that amazes me, and we're, Shelby and I are Christians, um, we think that God intelligently designed everything. And one of the things that constantly amazes me about his brilliance is that with, with the harvest date, the harvest time of various fruits and vegetables, if you have a good array of fruits and vegetables, you're getting key vitamins and nutrients like right when you need them I, I know I'm I'm oversimplifying it I, I, I imagine you understand the concept I'm talking about. Talk about that because because it it seems like we've got you know those those uh, those daily vitamin boxes that old people like me have and it's like Tuesday it's got your Tuesday pills. It's kind of like that on a bigger scale, a year-round scale and it's it's intelligently designed. Tell us what your thoughts are about the different nutrients in different fruits and vegetables and when they when they ripen and become harvestable.
3: So I'm not a nutritionist, but I just know that, you know, when you get a fresh tomato off the vine, those nutrients in there, I mean, it tastes way better than what you get out of the grocery store. And uh, when you're getting fruit that is freshly picked out of your garden, the nutrient level is so much more dense than what you get when they pick them early, when they're not ripe, so that they can artificially ripen in the stores and what you buy in the grocery store. I just know that, you know, God's hand in the way that uh, all these vegetables and the production is engineered is definitely uh, impressive. And, and I don't understand it. I don't won't even say that I could begin to, but uh, just... I know that Whole Foods is where the uh, you get your best nutrient supply.
0: And, and by whole, let's not, okay. I'm sorry. sorry, Glenn. Oh, but and by Whole Foods, you don't mean the uh, grocery store. You mean like foods that are whole. It's almost like God is smarter than the produce department at Walmart.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that's for sure.
4: And let, let's not forget about the flavor and and just how much better. The, these fruits and vegetables are coming out of the garden. We, we've been harvesting cabbages over the last week. And, and um, you know, they're just so good. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that's the real important thing here, because if it doesn't get in your body, it's not going to help you. And if you have great tasting fruits and vegetables, you're going to want to eat them. Your kids are going to want to eat them. And that's the real important thing here is just, Getting them in you, and and when they come from the garden, it's not a chore.
0: They're just good. That's great.
2: It's interesting. I was watching a gardening, uh, uh, just podcast show, TikTok video, whatever.
0: Not on and, TikTok. You
2: know, well, no, it was on TikTok, brought over to another. Okay, because
0: in Montana, we, we've
2: outlawed TikTok. We don't do TikTok here. But um, basically, we're. it was a mother and her son walking through the garden saying, we're ruining our appetite <laughs> before dinner because <laughs> they were walking through their garden just eating and plucking. And it was really sweet to watch that. So so I'm going to switch gears here a little bit. So what do you – I think we're going to – this will be interesting to me. And I, I think it's so unique how you started this company right when the pandemic was hitting and everybody was starting to get into gardening, which is great. So what do your customers say when they tell you why they started vegetable gardening? And it might've changed over the last few years. I don't know. We'll see what you say.
3: It's interesting because we've got customers all across the board that are beginner gardeners, expert gardeners, but the hobby garden, the backyard garden, the homesteader has taken a real movement these last few years, like you mentioned, since the pandemic. And so Our mission is to help people um, become more self-reliant through gardening, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what we're doing. And our customers, you know, some of them just like, how do I plant this in a pot on my backyard or on my back patio? Because we've got, like, the apartment garden collection with smaller plants, smaller vegetables. So, you know, customers have a lot of different reasons while they're starting. Um, Others just love the, the variety that we have put together. Um, I don't have to remember any specific things that customers are saying besides that. I mean, if you look at the reviews on our, our website and on our Amazon listings, you'll be able to read exactly what their, their responses are. But I do remember our very first influencer that we brought on board, um, they were amazed by the selection that we chose. And this lady had been a gardener slash prepper for years. That's just the way she grew up. But she loved the selection that we put, like, in our 30-pack. That was our first pack. She's like, wow, you guys really put a lot of thought into this. It's not just, hey, I want to start a business because it's an opportunity time and people want this. And was very impressed with how we packaged, how we put it together. Um, and the, it, make, it takes a lot of the guesswork, especially for the beginner gardeners who don't know what they're doing or what varieties are best. We've already done that heavy lifting, that homework, say, Buy our 30-pack. It will have everything you need and the most common, most popular that people like.
4: And if I could jump in here, part of this is building skills. Like, you could buy our our packet of seeds and, and you know, stick it on your shelf or with your food storage. And that's okay because, you know, uh, in a time of disaster or trouble times, you could get it out and you could start growing. But I think it's much better for folks and we hear this from customers that they're gaining skills in the garden so they get out there and plant it and some things don't work cuz they you know they have made some mistakes or the weather was off or whatever whatever happens but they learn from that and they build skills so that when there is trouble you're not trying to learn then how to garden and that's our kind of highest and best purpose i think is to help people build those skills and learn how to sustain themselves um, in troubled times.
3: And one thing to add to that, to the skills, is not just are we providing seeds, but we're providing the education. We we put out different blogs every week, whether it's companion planting, different topics to help people learn how to do this, along with we have these uh, uh, planting planner planners so for each of our big collections we, it tells people okay well this is when to plant you know if, if you know what your frost date is you're going to say and then tell them the spacing and, and just basically if you buy this packet go down download the uh, our planner for it and it'll help you understand when and where and how to plant these and just the tools that help provide and build that skill set. That we're we're aiming to continue to build that education and help people through our blogs and different tools out there on our site.
2: Amen to everything you just said. Oh my goodness!
0: It sounds like you guys have built a better mousetrap. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I mean, it really seems like I mean because I can relate to everything you're saying because as I say, I'm not you know naturally the gardener guy, and I need a lot of help. And watching seven thousand hours of YouTube really isn't in the mix. I like, you know, to an extent following directions, although often directions on things that are made in China are uh, not translated correctly. And uh, you've, they, they show up with either too many screws or too few screws. But anyway, I'm not a big fan of following directions, but on this, I would be. And what you're describing is what people like me need. So I, I give you the 2023 Prepping 2.0 Built a Better Mousetrap Award.
2: He just well, made that you. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, gosh, three or four minutes. What? And you just hit on something. First of all, amen. You you have you have just encapsulated in a few moments what we have been saying all along. You can you can put away seeds and be and say to yourself, I have seeds, so if I need to plant a garden, I can. But what is missing in that mindset is the skills. It's not just sticking a seed in the ground and letting it grow and suddenly you have fruits, you know, you have suddenly have tomatoes and peppers. Very different. There's a hit and a miss to this. And there's, especially when you're first starting, there's a lot more misses than hits. So having those skills are important. And I so appreciate what you were just talking about. Having those videos, having the blogs, having the someone kind of give you the primer. Mm that you need to get it started one thing i want to talk about in the before we go into the break and we have a a few minutes here i so appreciate your packaging oh my goodness gracious yes it comes in your typical seed packs that are then packaged in a, a kind of the ziploc bag kind of packaging that makes it so you keep the moisture out that is so important with seeds because once that moisture hits seeds it activates seed growing and can make them go bad and gives you all the instructions on that package and all the instructions for then perpetuating the heirloom seeds. You'll never find that on a package anywhere in a store. So please, you know, brag a little, if you please, about your packaging, which is amazing.
4: Well, we, we felt it was super important for people to learn the skill of saving seeds. I mean, if, you know, if there's troubled times and it goes on for, you know, who knows how long it could go on. You, you need to know how to be able to save seeds so you can plant it the next growing season and perpetuate your harvest. So we've, you know, that's kind of against our interests a little bit because we want to sell seeds, but our vigorous and higher interest is in people having skills and being really able to sustain themselves. So that's why we included it.
2: So, okay. And so one thing, oh, go ahead.
3: Just to point out, like you talked about the Ziploc bag. I just want to be very clear is like, that the outer package is that mylar bag that keeps the moisture out the inner packets are those guard the uh the paper packets Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of seed companies out there that just put them in a simply ziploc bag and that's your seed and they don't have any instructions or anything but we we put a lot of time and effort into designing the beauty of those packets along with the instructions that you guys already mentioned
2: absolutely oh and, and yes aesthetically they're bright beautiful they're amazing it's amazing. So please, I encourage people to try them out. So, um, talk to me a little bit, and I have to watch my time here. I have a couple of minutes. This is one thing I didn't know for the longest time, and I've been gardening for quite some time. Where should people store seeds?
4: Well, the, the most important factors are temperature and uh, moisture. So you want them somewhere dry and as low as temperatures you can get, the better. Um, so. Some people will put them inside a Ziploc bag and put them in the freezer, and that's a great uh, choice. Um, but even just down in, say, in a basement or in a storage room, it, a lot of the same conditions where you would want to keep your long-term store, food storage as well, where it's dry and cool, are the, are the things that are important.
0: Yeah, yeah and, and I uh, embarrassingly, and I can tell this story in a, in a minute or two, I embarrassingly did the buy it now mentality, which is what I describe as people will say, oh, I need X for prepping. And they go to Amazon and they hit the buy it now button and they think they've got that, that item taken care of because they bought something. I was the same way. And I know you're not going to say anything bad about competitors, but survival seeds in a can, I'm not sure that's a brand name, that's physically what they are. I thought, oh, okay, I got the survival seeds in a can and uh, I'm, I'm set, all I need to do is plunk this in dirt and uh, I'm gonna have the uh, Walmart produce department at my doorstep and uh, it doesn't work that way. And so I, I raise my hand and admit that I had a buy it now mentality and that is not the correct mentality. And one of the main reasons about the survival seeds in a can thing is that they, uh, they're not airtight and moisture tight i think that's it for segment one join us for segment two we'll be back with the
1: survival garden seed guys jason and daryl more of prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher is coming right up hear all our previous shows free online at prepping 2-0.com
0: One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it. Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. Katie Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT.
1: Without water... You're done in three days. Pro One Water Filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 All-in-One Gravity Systems are NSF ANSI 42 Component Certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One Stainless Gravity Systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One Water Filter Gravity Systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E-U-S-A.com.
0: You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed.
2: Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP.
0: Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website.
2: Give it a try. Newmana.com That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
0: Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than Preppernet. Preppernet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self reliant. Preppernet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like minded people in your area. Preppernet, where preppers unite. Find us online at Preppernet.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56 and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com.
1: Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher.
2: Thanks for rejoining us, everyone. We're just getting started with our conversation. With Daryl and Jason of Survival Garden Seeds. For even more, stick around for the after show if you're a Patreon supporter, and Patreons get to hear the lightning round.
0: I'm going to be buying a new truck, and because I don't want to start a vicious war on the Patreon comments for this episode, (laughs) I will not say which kind of truck I'm getting. I'm finding that there's a deep divide in this nation. It's Ford, Chevy, and Dodge. So anyway, I won't say which kind, but I'm getting a new truck. The Toyota is finally getting a little past its prime after 11 years. Why do I bring this up? Because like every good American, I need to have a truck gun. And the cool thing is, in Montana, unlike Washington State...
2: Everyone has a shotgun.
0: Well, number one, there's that. But number two, I don't have to worry about any little valuable item that's possibly visible, meaning that my windows get broken out and it gets stolen, like in Seattle, you leave a candy bar on the passenger seat and your window gets broken because somebody wanted that candy bar. So I'm back in truck gun world, and the reason I bring this up is Gibbs Arms, G-I-B-B-Z Arms, they have, among other things, a pistol caliber carbine, AR platformed, nine millimeter pistol, technically, that takes Glock magazines, including the 32 rounders. It's the perfect truck gun. I'll tell you what, nine millimeter out of a nine or 10 inch barrel, that's some pretty serious business. So anyway, I wanted to let everyone know that Gibbs Arms is gonna be the official truck gun of my new unnamed type of truck. I also wanted to tell everybody about the archive dive. This is where we go back and look at archives of episodes we've done in the past because we have so many new listeners that they may not know about some of the stuff we've done in the past. And candidly, Shelby and I are very proud of our body of work. I look at it as a body of work. Episode 29, which aired May of 2019, was called Hilarious Excuses for Not Prepping. And how that show came about was I saw somewhere somebody said, hey, you know, my neighbor has this hilarious excuse for not prepping. And I put it up on Patreon for Patreon commenters, and we got 50 or 60 Patreon comments, and they had some of the most hilarious excuses for not prepping. And we just read them on the air, and it was hilarious. So I highly recommend the uh, episode 29 from the archives.
2: So we're going to get back into it with Jason and Daryl from Survival Garden Seeds. We're going to change gears a little bit. So I want to hear, what are your thoughts, gentlemen, on the economy of putting a portion of a family's budget into growing a garden and taking it out of the inflated prices we see at the grocery store.
4: Well, anybody who's been to a grocery store lately knows that prices are getting ridiculous for fresh fruits and vegetables, or or, frankly, for the processed and packaged foods that you find in the center of the store. So there's nothing greater as an inflation buster than growing your own food. Seeds are relatively inexpensive and you plant them And, you know, it doesn't take a lot of, there's not a lot of cost associated with gardening. You can, you can spend a ton of money on tools and fancy fertilizers and all that. But at the end of the day, you don't have to. And you can still have great results with very basic, inexpensive methods. And then you have this huge harvest of vegetables and fruits, usually more than you could eat, your family could eat, and you end up sharing with your neighbors and friends. And isn't that great? Yes.
2: Yes, it is. And you're not spending, what, $7 for a box of Bisquick. That's crazy. Did, were you to say <laughs> well, something?
0: Well, and, and you mentioned sharing with neighbors and friends. One of the things we always talk about on the show and one of the things highlighted in my books, 299 Days and Shelby's books, A Great State, is the building of networks mm-hmm. and having mutual assistance groups. And it's not complicated. It is simply making friends with people and being an asset to them by sharing your bounty, your excess food, And then they help you out and it's a great way to get along and it's a great way for both sides to benefit from it. And I'm always looking for network building or team building or mutual assistance group building things. And I think showing up with a bunch of fresh, really good, tasty, nutritious food is a great way to go about that. So I have a sort of a non-gardening prepping mindset and my non-gardening prepping mindset completely emphasizes what you're saying about the importance of being able to share food. So it's more than just a nice thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: So let's get into the kind of the nitty grittiness of gardening. And if you've gardened, you know that there's going to be a lot of nitty gritty under your fingernails. But um, for someone who's just kind of getting started kind of in this victory garden, victory garden being vegetable gardens, food gardens. What are some recommendations of things that a person can easily grow with high success and ease to get them started and feeling successful?
4: Well, I think it's important to start small because what can happen is somebody will get excited about gardening. They go out and plow up half their yard and they just get overwhelmed. And so it's important as you're building skills to start small. And one of the very best ways to do that is to grow either on your kitchen counter or in some Containers on your patio and just start the process of learning how it works and enjoying the benefits of it You know, we actually sell microgreens and we probably there's a lot we could say about microgreens But it is the ultimate beginner's garden Because they are so easy to grow and in just 10 days and sometimes a little bit before 10 days You can already start to enjoy the harvest and so Microgreens are a great way to get started. If you're going to plow up some of your yard, start small, you know, start with a 10 by 10 or build a few raised beds and and get started there and let your garden naturally grow over the years as you build skills and have the ability to manage it instead of going big and then getting overwhelmed and failing.
2: Well, and when you go big, it's a huge expense right in the beginning. And to have such a huge expense and then you give up on it is...
0: And let me add to this and one of the other things we always talk about on this show not always but often is the interpersonal dynamics of preppers and their spouses that maybe the spouse is not as high on prepping as the prepper spouse and it it Mm -hmm. varies in the level of resistance we've done entire episodes on that they're fantastic by the way and i don't mind saying Prepping 2.0 is the only show that talks about that topic, and it's an important topic for a lot of people. But back to the high gung-ho prepper and the less gung-ho spouse, if you plow up a bunch of your yard and you go bananas and you start planting banana trees, there you go, see what I did there? (laughs) And then it doesn't work, you've lost credibility with that reluctant prepper spouse. And that's probably the absolute worst thing you can do. So not only think about, is this going to produce the food that I think it will just jumping into it with everything you do as a prepper with a reluctant spouse. And again, there's a spectrum of degrees of reluctantness. I like to make up a word every show and I just did, but always think about the effect it has on your credibility. So just wanted to add that because it ties in with other things we talk about on this show. Absolutely. That's great.
4: The other thing that is important is to grow what you love. I know Glenn is a huge fan of eggplant.
0: Yes, I love eggplant. I, I hate to say this, but I think maybe God made a mistake.
2: Shut the platypus the
0: and the eggplant are odd to me.
4: Yeah, just haven't had it correctly. But whatever it is you love, that's what you should grow. You will just get that much more enjoyment out of it. And if you don't like eggplants, don't grow eggplants. Grow things that you love.
0: Well, and there's a rumor going around on this show that there's a genetically modified seed now that you can plant and it grows taco trees and the trees actually fruit with fully formed tacos. Is that real or is that something somebody made up?
3: I thought you had one of those in your
0: backyard already. (laughs) I did lead people to believe that. Seriously,
2: the comments are wondering.
0: Well, when you said grow what you love, I naturally thought of tacos. So, you know, there are limits to grow what you love. There you go. Anyway, please keep going with your serious points. And I'm not making any serious points.
4: <laughs> well done. Actually, let's talk about tacos for a second. So you can <laughs> grow some red cabbage. Don't you love red cabbage on tacos? It's yes. so good. Oh, yeah. And, you know, all the tomatoes and the jalapeno peppers and all that. You, you pull those things and all of a sudden your taco
0: goes from Taco Bell level to... You know, extraordinary taco with all the great things that come out of your garden. Now you're talking my language. You just motivated me to garden.
2: Here's a fun story for everyone here. We all know when you go, because Glenn is, seriously, he knows how to pick a good taco truck. And you get, buy you. the tacos and it comes with those little pickled oh, carrots. carrots, the pickled carrots. I found, all right, there's your carrots. Get some onion. throw a pepper in there and pickle them. And you
0: pickled some homegrown carrots. And the flavor level, honestly, no exaggeration, was 500% what it is coming out of a number 10 tin.
2: Oh, my gosh. So good. So, yeah. But this
0: isn't the taco show. This is is a show about prepping.
2: But I absolutely agree with the gentleman here. You can make just about everything in a taco out of your garden, Mm -hmm. including the shells, if you really wanted to get... That's kind of higher level because you're growing corn and having to mill it. But you can come pretty doggone close. Mm -hmm. So... That's a great point, though. So so is it too late in the season right now for someone to start something from seed and have some crop, uh, some yield from it?
0: And for the Absolutely. historical record, this, this is being recorded in late May. You know, the,
3: the thing that's interesting is there's a few plants that aren't. But for the most part, you can plant a, the majority of our seeds and they'll still grow. It depends on the part of the country you live in. Because every growing zone is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But the, right now in May, your nightshades are going to be harder to grow. Your tomatoes, your peppers, your onions, those type of things are going to be a lot harder. But you can plant your squashes, your cucumbers. Those type of things right now are great to put in. And, you know, carrots grow year-round if you do it right. I mean, there's things that are prolific. Your, your zucchinis, your radishes. And one one great resource is like I, I mentioned earlier you go to our website and at the top there's the education part it talks it, you can download the the growing planner for each one of our main packages and it tells you when is the ideal time because a lot of people want to start indoors but you don't have to do everything indoors like right now to do tomatoes it'd be a little hard to do it if you hadn't already started doing. but for the most part most of our seeds will go and you can grow them
4: yeah in but, fact perfect time to grow to plant a lot of seeds like you know, I, there's a lot of years I wait till Memorial Day to put pumpkins in, and especially if you want pumpkins in the fall because they're actually pretty fast. They're huge plants, of course, and and they set pumpkins. And if you plant them any earlier than right now, you'll have pumpkins in August, and you may want them in October. So, uh, yeah, there's lots of things. Pretty much, it's easier to talk about things that you sh- that you would struggle getting. The Harvey status right now,
3: and, and you got to take a grain of salt. Daryl lives in Missouri, where <laughs> where it's the Garden of Eden, everything grows. Where I <laughs> live in northern Utah, and it's we just got done having snow melt (laughs) yeah and we're in
2: western montana so we still have what you're referring to we still have some not frosty but chilly nights that make it so that tomatoes are kind of just sitting there they're waiting for the heat the peppers are waiting for the heat but the one that i'm having a lot of the lettuce loves this kind of chilly weather which i love
4: yeah you're right lettuce and arugula and a lot of the greens just uh uh, love the cool weather and they do so well and that's the great thing is you can harvest them in the cool season and then when it gets hot um you know you'll have good things coming from your garden as well then
2: yeah and and i always make you if you've listened to past shows people have heard me say this before package of a mixed green of salad little package you know a couple bucks how much is a bag of lettuce in the grocery store, right? You know, a salad mix of lettuce. Well, if you're getting a big bag, it's 10 to $12 at our local grocery store. So, again, that's that's the way I see getting, spending a couple dollars on lettuce greens, and you're going to have lettuce greens within about two or three weeks where you can eat a salad, and you keep them going throughout your summer. And look at them. Gosh, you're talking a couple hundred dollars of savings if you eat salad over this summer, right?
0: I. Exactly. I might be exposing my ignorance, but the listeners love it when I do that (laughs) because it's funny. Um, I know that potatoes aren't something probably that's included in your packages, but um, I have a theory about potatoes and tell me if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's totally okay. To me, potatoes are the you can't mess it up um, gardening thing because as I understand it, you just take non-store-bought potatoes because they have a a seed seeding retardant spray on them and you just kind of throw them in the ground and you mark where they are and they kind of come up and it's it's a thing and deer don't eat them apparently so am I right or wrong about potatoes and I know I'm totally throwing you guys off your normal topic but um, people like the uh, people like the variety yeah absolutely
4: potatoes are fantastic for survival crop and i wish we could i wish we could sell seeds for them but yeah they grow from the tubers and you're right you you don't want to buy them fr- from the regular grocery store although if you buy organic potatoes at the grocery store they will typically grow i've done that many times um so but from a calorie standpoint potatoes are fantastic mm-hmm. because in yourself and have the calories that you need um, you know they're one of the best crops that you can grow in your garden so it's something that um, we recommend people add to their to their garden plan
2: well very cool so we've talked is there anything you want to add we've talked a lot about what people can do right now even in late may to get a garden started i think the message is Don't think it's too late because it's not. There are things you can grow. There's things you maybe shouldn't because it might be a little too late. But there's definitely things someone could do right now to plant a garden, correct?
4: Yes, absolutely.
2: So here's the one thing I've noticed, and I'm excited to kind of talk about this because there's this kind of seasonality of seeds. So if you're like me and you're like in april you decide hey i think i might want to grow i don't know dragon fruit i'm being funny i, I don't <laughs> think i'm ever going to grow dragon fruit in western montana not in the do continental
0: united not states that not that i want
2: to but whatever pick something silly and i decide in late april because i just you know got a little thought in my head and i go and i search to try to find where to buy them <clears throat> excuse me where to buy them buy the seeds they're gone because the seed catalogs, the gardening catalogs, the stores, they're all out of those seeds. So talk to us a little bit about your thoughts of, and the viability of, and I think it's gonna be much easier with um, garden survival seeds, survival garden seeds, I said that wrong, to, to buy your seeds in preparation for next spring's, Let's talk about that, how we can buy seeds now because you guys have packaged them so amazingly well for next year and start planning for next year even if we want to.
3: So that is a great point because as you talked about, I mean, in the seed industry, there's lots of different crops that come and go and there's crop failures and whatnot. So you wanna get your seeds now if there's certain seeds you wanna get because there are shortages. And because the way we've packaged them they can remain viable up to eight years wow
2: that's awesome
3: and and you you know you had talked earlier about the can of seeds that you put down in your storage for 25 years that's just not relevant it doesn't Mm -hmm. work because the germination rates go down so low but we have a really high quality um, quality control process we're doing germination tests on all of our seed varieties to make sure that they're good even after we get them from the vendors We have to each year, we'll do a germ test and make sure that the seeds are viable. Um, we're rotating out our seeds. We're, I mean, we're moving through them. So it's this thing that if you get buy seeds now and store them correctly and put them in our use our containers, they come in. You're gonna have seeds for next year. And a lot of people we've seen will buy theirs, and they buy their kids and grandkids their own little, you know, and they're they're helping, trying to get their families more self reliant and through gardening and it's just fun to see that this is not just um it it catches on and other people are spreading it as they're loving the garden journey and and learning this process together
2: I love it and so I, I want to encourage people to think about that because I've kind of had to maneuver my way through that when I think about planning and it's what our parents did it's what's the agricultural kind of seasonality of it plan what you want to do maybe next year after what you've learned this year and maybe stock up your seeds for next year and and again these are the most amazing seeds for doing that that have really like they like daryl and jason are talking about set you up so that you can plan that far ahead so and we have about i don't know five-ish, six-ish minutes, and I'm excited to talk about this. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but what are some of the secondary benefits of gardening? We've talked about pollinating, but I'm also thinking about, again, in this kind of disruptive world that we live in right now, animal and pet food, soil health, medicinal plants, all kind of these secondary things that people can start thinking about when they want to start expanding what they're thinking about gardening.
4: Well... I, for me personally, it's a great stress reliever. I love to be out there in the dirt watching the miracle of seeds germinating and plants growing to me it's I just see God's hand in it every time I'm in the garden and it brings me peace to have that and I, it's kind of this place where I can just forget about all the other uh, worries that I have in life and so it's a it's a bit of an escape. Not to mention, it's exercise too, right? We all need exercise, and it's hard to get. And and I personally find running on a treadmill to be the most boring thing in the whole world. So, um, getting out in the garden get your heart rate up, and get, you get you some exercise. And um, so, those are to me the the real benefits of of the pre- of the act of gardening. And you're right. You you've mentioned some medicinals. We uh, we are excited because we are have found a source for some great medicinal herbs that we'll be bringing online here in in the next three or four months. Like feverfew and whorehound, mugwort, nettle leaf, horse mint, skullcap, and Saint John's wort. We got a great list coming. And and the idea is that in a you know in a situation where you're not able to get to the doctor or um, you know, because of trouble that's going on in the world, that you would have some of these resources, some of these medicinal herbs to help uh, address any things that come up. Mm
3: -hmm. And I want to point out that we currently already have a medicinal herb and a medicinal tea collection of things that we have, and we do have all these new ones coming in that is great for those who are into the herbs and natural healing and that type of stuff. It's just fantastic to be able to know you can be reliant on yourself for those type of things
2: that's so awesome i didn't i i have to admit i did not check out that part of your website so uh, here's here's where i think about that a lot i have not done a deep dive into the medicinal herb sort of it i've kind of dabbled in it and what i can do to kind of create my own shelf stable uh kind of medicine cabinet from my garden this last gosh winter that we just came out of um here where we live in western montana of course, the colds and flu went through the, went through here. Um, you could not find anywhere children's cold medicine. So you've got kids that are getting stuffed up. You've got kids who are starting to get fevers. You're getting. We have. You know, we have this whole rash of sick kids in our community within probably a couple hundred miles of us. You know, it was all over. How nice it would be to be able to have something on your shelf or something that you can tap into to give some relief to that. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Did you see any of those happening in your community as well?
4: Well, yeah. And what our sister is, she is the medicinal herb queen and we, she, uh, she is fantastic. And so, um, and really an herbal tea that has those sort of benefits, I don't, you know, just herbal tea by itself is so soothing when you Mm -hmm. don't feel well. And then to know have the right herbs that can really bring some other benefits as well, um, I think it's a game changer. Yes, in that situation.
2: Oh, very good. I'm not going to lie; I would love maybe down the road have when you guys have all of those new products out. I'd love to have you back on and talk about that. Oh my gosh, that's so great! So, um, what are? Uh, let me think. What are your thoughts on—we only have a couple minutes—just animal and pet food. What are your thoughts on that for gardening? People ask us that sometimes, and I wanted to see what your thoughts were.
3: Well, I think—oh, go go ahead, Jason. I'm I'm with my mom, and she's got a dog right now that she treats better than she treated us as kids. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You need to get therapy for that. Wow. Well, she feeds that dog very healthy, and, um, I mean— it's funny this, that you say. I mean, I don't know what the recipes are, but my mom is feeding that dog vegetables and different things. I mean, she'd even feed that dog expensive roast beef out of you know. I'm just like, huh?
0: Hmm, must be and nice. I think the
3: doc, the doctor told her, or the vet told her, hey, don't don't do that as much, and so that she's giving him other directions. But absolutely, you can use uh, vegetables to feed your pets. I don't know the specifics on it, but I know that my mom's doing it. Super lady.
0: And then there's there are other animals. I mean, there, and for example, chickens. Um, when when Shelby feeds our chickens, um, you know, sort of cuttings from vegetables that she's grown in the garden, so they're healthy garden vegetables, super fresh. Yeah, and kind of the the woody part of celery would be an example. Um, and she feeds those to the chickens. The eggs are amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's a before and after
2: uh, effect. Yeah. much so so we're going to need to kind of wrap it up here we're going to take this into the after show and i just want to put it out there we have uh we do a lightning round with our guests we have a lightning round of gardening questions so
0: and and another thing in the after show we're going to talk about is in general how do you preserve uh the the bounty how do you preserve the the excess because that's something we're into we always talk about systems and growing food and having a bunch of food at one time of the year It's great, but it's better to have a lot of that good food throughout the year. So there you have it. Thank you, everybody. Shelby, why don't you take them out with your Benjamin Franklin Yep, Yeah, from
2: Benjamin Franklin, folks. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com.